you'll turn with me to Jeremiah, the ninth chapter. You can find that in your bulletin insert or in your own Bibles. We'll use this as a unison reading together. It's a short little two-verse passage, but a passage that appears to have been written just for 21st century America, because we tend to uh, be a very bragging and boastful people as a nation and like to take uh, credit for what we really haven't done many times. So we turn to this passage of Scripture, one that uh, Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 1, uh, the reading that uh, Amber read for us just a few moments ago. So let us read the Word of God together. Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Recently I was reading an article on Martin Luther King Jr., one of the most effective communicators that we had in the 20th century. And whenever we hear his name, we probably automatically think of his leadership in the civil rights movement. And, and rightly so, because he was a great leader within that movement. But what we need to remember is that he was a preacher before he was a leader in civil rights. And of course, many books have been written about his preaching style and the kinds of things that he employed in his sermons because he was such an effective communicator. And I want to just talk about one of those for a moment. That is how well he knew his context. And by that I mean that he was a man of his day and time. As someone put it, he had a pulse on what was going on in his congregation, in his community, in his region, in his nation, and in the world. And if you ever take the time to read his sermons, it seems that God had given him the gift of, of taking a text and understanding how those words might interact and bring meaning to the hopes and dreams and to the needs and sorrows of his own people and of other people like them who were not able to benefit from the full range of freedoms that this nation should have been offered. For example, his ability to know his context can be seen quite easily in his famous speech in Washington, that so-called I Have a Dream speech, which was part speech and part sermon, if you ask me. In that speech, he said it would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. King understood that urgency, whether it was in front of thousands of people in our nation's capital or whether it was in front of his own 
us the historical context of his writings at the beginning of his book. He says, the words of Jeremiah, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. The church historians tell us that most likely that was the time period from about 627 to 580 B.C., so we're talking about almost a 50-year ministry for this prophet known as the weeping prophet. The first part of Jeremiah's ministry was a great time in the life of the southern kingdom, in the life of Judah and West Jerusalem, because Josiah was a great young king, and he had a good heart, and he loved God's word, and he was trying to bring Israel back to God's ways and God's will for his people. He was, in essence, as king, leading a, a, a spiritual renewal of sorts. But even as this was happening, the Jewish world itself was also undergoing change. God had spared Judah and Jerusalem from, from outside rule for a long period of time, but Jeremiah could read the handwriting on the wall. He knew that, that God's people had abandoned him for too long. They had not paid attention to his word. They had not fulfilled his word or been obedient unto it. It's true, they were enjoying a resurgence under Josiah's reign, and in the midst of that, they were feeling proud about it all. Well, well, many of them were. The political trouble was brewing in that part of the world. Egypt was a great power, was warring with Assyria, and Josiah decided to take the heart of Assyria. He felt like there was God's will for his nation. He was killed in battle. Judah eventually looked to Egypt for help, a, a decision which Jeremiah was not in favor of at all. It was most likely somewhere along this time when Josiah was still alive and things were going wonderfully for the nation of Judah that Jeremiah uttered these words in our text today. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord. Now, those words sound almost like a proverb. They sound similar to something we would find in the book of Proverbs, and if you read any of these early chapters of the prophet Jeremiah, you'll see that he speaks lots of times in terms of, of foolishness and wisdom. It's a proverbial thing that sort of repeats itself. And this is something that Jesus does as well in his teaching. For he uses the examples of the wise and foolish in his day and time to talk about the spiritual discernment or lack of spiritual discernment that he saw in the people in his day and time. Take Luke 12, for example. For Jesus says to the multitudes, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you 
such a test, we abuse God's grace and generosity by making those things an occasion of crime. This is what is going on in Jeremiah's day and time and the of the people of Israel. I mean, you expect that kind of thing out of the people of the world, but not from God's people. That they were bragging about the wrong things in life, just like we oftentimes do. They were foolish people from a perspective of biblical wisdom. Because as Proverbs 3 teaches, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then what's the next line? Lean not on your own understanding. We don't have anything to bring to the table. It's all about God and what He's done in and will do through us. But as Jesus also makes clear in the Sermon on the Mount, those who hear His words and those who live by those words are like what? They're like the wise man who built his house upon the rock, and then when all the storms of life came, the house stood strong because it was built upon the rock. It was built upon His Word, which means it was built upon His will, which means it was built upon the work of His kingdom. We might even say that the solid foundation of his word and applying that word in life has to do with knowing who he is and discerning the times, being tuned in to God through the power of his Holy Spirit so that we're able to see and determine what it is he's trying to do, not just in our own lives, but in our midst as a congregation or as a community. As a state, as a 
things are very high, those who believe in God, like in the 90s, somewhere, sometime. And, and those who believe in heaven, it's a high percentage. Those who believe in hell, a very low percentage. And yet Jesus, in that great teaching on the judgment that he gives us in Matthew 25, says, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. 
that is God is the source of your life in Christ Jesus.